Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Command Point. My name is Ryan, and today I'm here with Sean and Shane. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> what we're gonna what we're gonna do for uh, for this episode is uh, the the factions that have uh, like the disparity between factions um, is is pretty stark and pretty surprising for for this arena based tournament that we're running right now. So super interesting stuff. So we're going to get into that. And then the majority of the first stage of the tournament has been completed. Um, so we'll look at um, which factions have moved up to the next level. And um, then uh, Shane and Sean are going to basically just run us through their games because their group stages are done. So uh, Shane, do you want to start us off anywhere in particular? Well, uh, do we want to talk a little bit? Do we want to go into just like a faction breakdown, or do we want to look at it on like a group by group basis? Or how do you how do you guys think that we should? Is there a particular way you want to approach that? Let's look at uh, let's look at factions. Yeah, it, it could get kind of tedious sure. to look through uh, to look through the uh, to every group, but um, pretty soon we're going to make this spreadsheet public to the entire um, to the entire Discord. Um, just have a couple more uh, rosters to to get into here. Um, you'll see everybody's name linked to their roster with a with what faction they played and what sub factions. So that if you're interested in a specific player's uh, roster, you can go right to that. If you're looking more for the play styles of different factions, you can sort by faction and then see what sub faction they played and then click from there or if you want to sort by the most successful list then you can do that too so that will be going out public pretty soon um but in the meantime i guess we could just talk about yeah. overall themes and what we saw players somehow there's more adeptus astartes players than there are players um <laughs> i'm joking but there's so many there's just i i would how many do we have do you know exactly sean uh 12 astartes players 12 Astartes. What is that? What is like the makeup there? It's like um, a sixth of, <laughs> of the, more than a sixth of the. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Somewhere around, what, 20%? Something like that. Yeah. I, it's, it's kind of bonkers. I mean, like we're used to seeing a ton of Astartes just because, but um, on TTS, I thought we'd see less Astartes, if anything. But there, there is, however, a big spread of sub factions for Astartes. Um, yeah we're not just seeing one build we're seeing like a variety of different builds yeah and it's really exciting to see um to see that variety because you know even though the core units are there it's definitely a different play style um so uh shane you took a mix of black templar and blood angels uh and then Birnid took salamanders and blood angels and meekazer took space wolves and salamanders so it's cool to see some mixed lists um, and then the more uh, pure lists, we have Blood Angels, uh, one Blood Angels, one Dark Angels, five Salamanders, one Ultramarines, and one White Scars. Actually, right. actually, the one White Scars is White Scars and Blood Angels. Ah, another mix, cool. Yeah, yeah. Salamanders yes. are uh, the. I mean, so they're, it's they're the yeah, clear ahead. favorite here in terms of pure lists. It, I just find it so surprising out of the gate that. There's this many Astartes rosters because the the Bay Area tournament simulation it's an arena tournament, 
it's not like open board, lots of wide open line of shot comparatively to arena. So a, a lot of people think that space Marines is like a really like they excel at shooting. But I mean, I think a lot of people have managed to theory craft down to like majority melee or just like pure melee lists that are still super effective. Uh, yeah, though, I mean, I think it's interesting that, like, Salamanders, to me, seems like it's a little bit more suited for these, like, good shooting teams. Um, and that, a lot of that is because it seems like the pure melee uh, sub-factions are, for Astartes at least, are better than the pure shooting sub-factions, like uh, Blood Angels and, like, like White Scars, Black Templars, stuff like that. Um, whereas the, the shooting ones, I mean, you have, like, like blood angels and like or dark angels i'm sorry um like blood ravens uh and then i think salamanders kind of stands above those at least to me yeah well so salamanders sure. is is rarely bad um yeah yeah you know it's it it's one of those just like the studies in general you can adapt to the opponent so much and then with salamanders even on the fly you can adapt from being the uh the shooting team or the the melee team um where if you kind of commit to something a little bit more melee focused then you're you're kind of forcing yourself down a certain uh down a certain path that may not be what you end up wanting to do in that moment so um it's it's kind of it's a good starting point and then as your team evolves and you get a better sense of what you want to do maybe you find that you'll get more consistent use out of one of the other ones but i'm not surprised that most people don't ever leave salamanders because yeah, it's still good. It's a good take, all comers. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's almost unfair to to have to label all these Astartes and have them under one kind of blanket faction. Like, yeah, we're looking at twelve Astartes, but there's just so much variety within that faction that you know you can have rosters that look dramatically different from each other. Yeah, um, and you know, I guess you can see that to some degree with most other factions, except Custodes. But um, <laughs> it's, uh, you know, I, I think Astartes, more than anything else, you're going to see, you, you can see a huge variety. Um, yeah. That's what they do. I mean, I think the, personally, I mean, looking at this, I think the mixed roster, like I'm a little biased because I'm doing it, but I think <laughs> the mixed roster is the way to go for Astartes. Um, I don't think there's a single sub-faction that is capable of single-handedly taking a whole tournament, um, or at least being prepared to to have to face anything in a tournament um i think as as the 20-man roster exists i think the way to go is a couple sub factions um yeah how do you guys feel about that yeah um i mean if you're planning out your matchups and you know you you know you're going to want a certain thing in a certain situation but you know how do you really need to to swap around 20 models within one sub faction um, you can probably make do, especially with a more elite faction like Astartes. You know, you can have 10 Black Templars and 10 Blood Angels and have plenty of variety and, and you know, be able to make a more dramatic swing for different matchups um, just with the sub-faction traits. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, uh, it's not like Astriani, where it's like there's definitely one sub-faction that is up that is above the rest and with Astartes it's it's perfect because they're already so comparatively low model count 
that you can build a really effective team around a specific sub-faction built for specific matchups tailored to this uh to this tournament packet and then have and then have one or even two others if you really wanted it to uh fill in roles as you as you need them to be or even what we've seen from i've done this and and baron did this twice in his group stage uh if you don't have any options between the two rosters you can always run a mutt list and and mix those two sub factions together for go the sub faction bonus and I mean, if I'd rather have a better composition for my, you know, matchup than any sub-faction bonus, you know? Um, right. And a lot of people, I just don't even think, consider that. Like, that that never even crosses the minds of a lot of players. Yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, do you want to move on to the uh, to the next faction? I guess the, the second largest faction in this tournament to show up? Yeah, seven, uh, seven players with Drukhari. Um, at this point... Um, which is on Monday the 29th. We have two players, uh, two Drakari players moving on to the round of 32, uh, and nobody else has finished. So nobody has failed out of the, the tournament yet with Drakari. Oh, okay. I was, about, I was about to say, wait, you're telling me only two are moving on? <laughs> no. How did that two, happen? <laughs> two out of two confirmed uh, you know, spots are going forward. Okay. And, and just got to have it. Uh, Necrons is also... There are two players moving on, and nobody uh, has kind of failed out yet. Good show, you know. <laughs> so Drakari, yeah. Uh, yeah. We're talking about mixed sub-factions in a roster. I mean, every single Drakari player here has a mixed sub-faction uh, roster, so that's kind of interesting. I'd say having known a little bit more about Drakari recently, it's not much of a surprise, but uh, the Drakari meta is definitely it's it's gotten to this point where this is what players are doing especially when um you know if you're if you have a bunch of mandrakes on your list you know those can go either way so mm-hmm. so yeah. you have a little bit more room to do that i think we only have like three different sub factions and um all of these lists are a combination of these and that is flayed skull prophets of the flesh and uh cursed blade so uh, they're all really good sub-factions. Uh, Flayed Skull is the ignore the shooting penalty against obscured targets. Uh, Prophets of the Flesh, all your models with a 5-up invuln get a 4-up invuln instead. And then uh, Cursed Blade is um, if you got witches on your roster, they all uh, get plus 1 to their strength. So that bumps, up, that bumps them up to uh, strength 4. So... Uh, not really used to seeing um, witches in competitive kill teams so far, but uh, they definitely they're they're definitely good on arena with their four up involved in the fight phase, and then um, they've got a couple. I think they've got one or two different uh, two damage weapons, so those are those are pretty good, and uh, definitely addresses a shortcoming that Drakari have when it comes to multi damage weapons because they just don't have that many. Uh, I think the the cursed blade too. I mean, that's kind of like the only downside to the witches, and it fixes that. Uh, they go from strength three to strength four, um, and we've already seen some success in this tournament uh, in the group stage from players running the uh, the cursed blade, the the witch the witch rosters. Um, and I don't know if there's one way that's the best. 
uh, I think it's really like situational, but it's it's cool to see those options kind of expanding. Yeah, for sure. For a while, it seemed like Drakari were kind of just like a one trick pony with their um, with just like Mandrake spam and then either plug in Cabalite gunners or plug in uh, grotesques and rasks or racks. Yeah. I mean, it's interesting that there's so many people playing Drakari at this tournament. It makes sense to me because Drakari aren't that easy to build and they're not that easy to collect. So this is a good opportunity for players to kind of test them out. Yeah, they're also overpowered. So that helps. <laughs> um, okay, so uh, uh, Necrons were the third most brought faction. Mm-hmm. Five Necron, speaking right? of overpowered. Yeah, yeah right. <laughs> Five Necrons, all Novak. Um, uh, only only two players have confirmed their place and they're both advancing. Damn. <laughs> they might all advance. Um, I know that Kill Team Stream is technically not through yet. He's he's almost confirmed. If with his uh points scored, it would be pretty tricky for, for somebody to unseat him now. Yeah, I think C Marent as well. Uh Cedric might he he's one and oh right now. He has yet to play his other two games. Um and then Manko. He basically has one game, and if he wins it, he's in. So we might see all five Necron players go through. Would not surprise me at all. <laughs> I mean, is there anything to say about Necrons that we haven't already said? I mean, they're crazy on Arena. No, I'm just, yeah, I'm just guessing. It's just uh, all flayed ones in Lich Guard and, like, warriors to hold objectives. Like, you don't really have to change a lot of them to uh make him compete on arena as opposed to uh the last tournament we ran which was the lvo type setup uh next biggest faction was so fourth most brought was a thousand sons so now we're uh we're tied at uh thousand sons orcs and adeptus mechanicus all have Uh, four players each okay okay where do we want to go first (laughs) uh let's start alphabetically with adeptus mechanicus uh, we've, we're seeing two sub-factions. Um, two players have brought Metallica, and the other two have brought Ryza. Uh, I have my thoughts on this, but I want to hear your guys' thoughts first. Um, what do you think about the, the sub-faction choices there? And is there one that you prefer? Well, I'm I'm pretty biased, because uh, <laughs> Ray's list, uh, it, it's such a meme. Um, and he took Ryza for his sub-faction, so I think, I think Ryza's pretty good. Um, he's got a lot of models on there that have uh, serious mortal wound spam potential. Yeah, and I think Ryza, it, it goes up a tier just because we're playing on Arena now as opposed to an open board format where I would say that Metallica is stronger, no question. Metallica is... What's the what's the subfaction ability for it? Remind me. So uh, you, can shoot, yeah. ra- you can shoot rapid-fire weapons as if they were assault weapons. Uh, okay. and more importantly your assault weapons don't take a penalty when you advance yeah, yeah. which is their plasma caliber uh, assault uh yeah i still think rise is stronger yeah i think so too i on arena at least i think they are um mm-hmm. i was messing around a little bit like talking to you with rise about uh about rise rather mm-hmm. um and and kind of like spamming rust stalkers and fulgurites and just racking up the mortal wounds. And by the way, Ryza, for those of you that don't know, uh, is re-rolling wound rolls of one in the fight phase. And uh, with the Rust Dockers and the Fulgurites, who can do a mortal wound, or D3 mortal wounds maybe, on a wound roll of six, 
uh, who already have a decent amount of tax, like kind of already, it really increases the odds of, of getting those through. Um, and it's, it's pretty scary. <laughs> yeah. I've watched both of Ray's games, so I can... He's 2-0 right now. Uh, his first game, he played a Harlequins player. And actually, he took five of the nine clowns out with, uh, with mortal wounds. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> he didn't have to roll, like... They didn't have to roll saves. They were oh my. mortal wounds. Yeah, best way to get past their five-up invuln is just mortal wound them. Jeez. Brutal. Yeah. All right, moving on. Let's talk about orcs. All orcs. evil sons. All evil sons, yeah. They just uh, they just want to move. You know, and I think that's yeah. what we're, we're seeing with all these subfactions, too, is, you know, do you... Do you want to get extra movement or do you want to like reroll charges or like something about the fight phase, rerolling in the fight phase? Yeah. So, um, so yeah. Yeah. I, orcs. I mean, I, uh, I, I know a lot of orc players, like good orc players. They would probably disagree with me on this. But uh, at the very least on Arena, I don't think Evil Sons is the best orc subfaction, personally. Uh, I, I, I'm a bigger fan of Death Skulls and to a smaller extent Snake Bites. And uh, I mean, I almost took Orcs to this tournament and I yeah. would have taken Death Skulls. I mean, I had a whole Death Skull roster uh, ri- written up that I was I was pretty confident about, but I ended up switching at the last minute, yeah. kind of the last minute, like a week before. Uh, and I mean, the Orc players, to be fair, they're, they're not doing that bad. Um, I think Halal is 2-0. He's one of the orc guys. Uh, Kill Team Dave just beat Sheldon on stream yesterday. Uh, Kill Team stream. Orcs are definitely good. I just think that the re-rolling, or the plus one to the charges and, and the movement, I think it's a little overkill for a faction that already re-rolls charges. Uh, any other thoughts from you guys? Yeah, no, I'm, I'm surprised that I didn't see something looking like your, your knob spam list, basically. That's yeah. a really good, scary, fighty tanky list uh, I, I know dave just, um, actually oh go ahead sean i think it's just tough to be um you know as <laughs> so we'll get to this later i'm playing tyranids and i have a lot of five up saves um and there's a whole lot of ap running around um so while normally you know getting getting into combat quickly is a good way to to protect yourself from shooting and high ap shooting since we're in arena everybody's kind of teched for the fight phase anyway so yeah you can get into combat more reliably but if you're just going to get wrecked there then then is that really what you'd be doing so like evil sons yeah is going to get you there but then are you just going to get shredded apart by lightning claws or um have your uh flayed ones re-rolling against you and everything else so um, it'll certainly be interesting to see how, how they go. And, you know, Evil Sons is going to help with uh, claiming objectives. So um, I definitely need to try to peek in on an Orcs game to see how, how far people are tilting towards the kind of elite Orcs versus spammy Orcs and see how it's paying off playing the, uh, the objective game versus the killing game. Yeah, I was actually going to say, when Kill Team Dave, when he played Sheldon, he actually brought like straight up knob spam pretty much uh he had like six knobs and like a couple boys and some runs um and at the end of the game i think i remember him saying that that he kind of wished that he had 
like dust skulls or something because you didn't really need the movement. Uh, and I think it's just kind of like, like you're already getting so many hits through. Um, just being able to, you know, get those free rerolls is is so nice. But Evil Sons is the meta right now. So, I mean, that's that's kind of the direction that we've found ourselves in for Orcs. Uh, maybe that'll change. Who knows? Yeah. No, I definitely think it's a carryover from the open LVO meta. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Uh, let's and, go ahead. Uh, Thousand Sons? Yeah. Yeah. So, Thousand Sons, um, all four players have finished. Um, Ash, who is in my group, is advancing to the round of 32, and the other three players uh, got stuck in the group stage. Um, yeah. I had so... one of them in my group. Uh, Isaac, no! Oh, yeah. <laughs> no, Isaac! <laughs> Isaac's one, his one 125-point list did not quite cut it. He had some pretty tight games, though. Yeah. Oh, that's tough. Uh, I had to play Tim in my group. He was one of the Thousand Sons players. Um, he was a really close game with me. I mean, it literally came down to the wire, like the last action of the last round. Uh, it, it was tight. Um, I know he lost to one of the other Astartes players in my group um, off of like kind of a, like he kind of got stuck in by an infiltrator who like decisive moved in front of like the door in his deployment zone and it really like, screwed uh, him over yuck. Uh, yeah <laughs> he could have he could have definitely made it out of group groups uh on like on another day i guess but it just it didn't happen for him mm. so yeah. what's kind of like the thousand sons like roster that you guys have been seeing um so they they can cover a lot of things and it's they're really there's a lot of meat to their just regular rubric marines mm-hmm. um just like the regular marines can can take warp flamers so that's they're flamers with ap minus two so you can you can stuff a whole bunch of them in there if you want um and then they're gonna have the the two sorcerers the the terminator one and the regular one mm-hmm. um and those are really their most solid melee units also, which is, you know, kind of counter to what I would expect. Um, because otherwise, their rubric marines are not good in, in melee. Like, they, they they got good range capabilities. They have AP on their ranged. Um, they have five up invuls. And they can do... Um, they have that all is dust ability where uh, if they're... If you hit them with a weapon that's only damage one, then it improves their AP by one. So now they have like a two-up save. Um, so like they're they're pretty sturdy and have a good range game, um, but they only have like one attack and they can't really take anything fancy. But then to counter that, they have the super cheap cheap um, are they Zangars? Yeah, like, they have Terminators that can do Cybolts. And they have the Terminator Gunners, too, that are fairly popular that have two different weapons, so they can shoot either at two different targets or get um, um, two injury rolls because it's two different weapons, mm-hmm. uh, two different huge weapons. Um, so, yeah, so they have the ability to spam bodies with those seven-point Zangors um, or put out some high AP uh, shooting and have two Cybolts. So... Um, you know, on paper, they definitely have a lot of great things going for them. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it just, 
if you, you they really need to cover their weak spots because I could see how it'd be really easy um, to to get your guys in combat and keep them stuck there, and then they there's really not a whole ton they can do. Yeah, I think Thousand Suns are a pretty interesting faction in general. Like they have a very different play style to a lot of the other like upper tier factions. Uh, they're not like a super aggressive team. They're more of like a zony kind of like, you know, you have to be a little bit smart about your positioning and and it's more about controlling the board than marching forward and kind of just wiping guys out. <laughs> yeah. Are there any surprises on underrepresented um, uh, uh, teams? No gene stealer cult. Um, yeah. I thought for sure somebody surprising. would take... Yeah, I thought for sure somebody was going to take Sisters of Silence, but it didn't happen. I'm kind of disappointed by that. I actually think that could have been kind of decent on here. I think the biggest surprise for me, uh, no crew. Mm-hmm. Uh, crew <laughs> I, is, I knew you were going to say it. Crew is very good. <laughs> um, just crude spam. Uh, each one of those models is seven points. Um, I think they're strength four. <laughs> you can't, like... Literally, if you just bring crew models, I don't even think you have. You can fill out a twenty a twenty man roster, and uh, it's yeah. it's it's not one hundred twenty five points. I don't think. Piece them together to find the. Uh, it's like the white whale crew belt. <laughs> <laughs> all right, this means done. Um, well, uh, all right, we should probably. Uh, what yeah, do we have three of. Um, so we've got three custodes. Um, sure. That, yeah. That is that is actually really surprising for me. Uh, given how custodes like every single time i see custodes play an arena they always lose unless you're like janice um and you're doing uh what was the other tournament packet slaughters Slaughters. i don't even think janice did that well with custodies on arena i mean that's that should tell you enough about how how troublesome it is to to succeed with this faction on arena yeah, yeah, for sure. So our only two custodes that are done are both out, but one of them it was on a t- a two point tiebreaker uh, in my group. Um, so so he was close to making it, and then the under, and then Ryan in your group, there's uh, was it Poikus? Yeah, that's right. Uh, is two and zero right now with custodes. What? Yeah. Yeah. Uh-uh. Um. So I did. Play a custodes player in my group too. Um, I had a lictor hold a door closed against two of them for literally the entire game. Um, <laughs> if the door opened, I immediately was able to close it again. Um, but it was still, I think I won 14 to 10 because on the other side of the map, I just like left somebody exposed for one turn and he made the charge and um, got like six points off of killing the one dude. So um you know i think those kinds of things just kind of happen sometimes um so yeah sounds about right uh yeah there's not much variation in custodies i guarantee all three of these rosters are probably just about the same thing i think it's actually yeah it's yeah there are two or three models you can take and then the all the combinations of specialisms and there's your roster so yeah yeah, uh, there's three Death Guard players. I might have skipped a little bit, but I, I saw that and uh, thought it was interesting. Um, yeah. 
obviously, I mean, no sub-factions for this team, but uh, I had one of the Death Guard players in my group, and he actually ran, like, a straight-up, like, 2018 Poxwalker spam. Oh, wow. And it was really weird. I, I mean, I'm not going to lie, it took me off guard. Uh, I was able to win that one, but it was... It didn't feel like I was playing, like, BAO 2020. I felt like I was playing, like, Nova 2018. Oh, gosh. Uh, when he when he set down all those Poxwalkers. <laughs> uh, there's one who I believe is is already out of groups. I think it was in... Was it in your group, Sean, or was it... Not my group. Vale? Uh, the, there was one, one player who did advance to the round of 32. Um, oh, Vale is in your group, Ryan. So you have a Death Guard in your group. Okay. Just Janice is advancing with Death Guard. Yes, and then there's Janice, of course. I was going to get to that last. Uh, Janice actually only got second seed in her group, but she got out. Um, kind of surprising. She lost a game to uh, a, a faction that I think we should touch on next, which is uh, Sisters of Battle. But, um, yeah, Janice is out of the groups, uh, but took a loss. Kind of a shock. Yeah. I mean, how do you guys think about what do you guys think about Death Guard on, on BIO? Uh I mean they're super resilient. Um yeah. They're they've got some really good auto hitting weapons like the um the liquefier gun. Or liquefier. no, not liquefier. <laughs> uh the what do you call it? Plague spear. Yeah, the plague spear. Um and then you can take a bunch of poxwalkers to hold backfield objectives and you don't really need to worry that much about those guys just because uh it's arena you gotta you get to don't em. need to worry about <laughs> someone getting yeah. outflanked yeah you gotta fight through their tankier combat models like the uh fighter with the uh the great cleaver or the plague axe yeah or whatever it is um yeah i like them i really like them on this uh on this packet yeah i did look at them briefly um I don't have any prior experience playing them, so I didn't want to jump in with them, but I'm definitely going to be uh, picking at them a little bit more in the future. Yeah, I'd say the one downside okay. to, to them on here is that really slow movement that really they slow. have. Yeah. Uh, I mean, their biggest model, like who I think is otherwise a really good model, the Blightlord Terminator, this thing's got four-inch movement, and when he advances, you have to divide it by <laughs> two, like, like yeah. rounding down. Jeez. So you can... You can advance and go five inches total. Um, yeah, it's it's a little bit tough to navigate sometimes with these guys, but I think that's why the, the blight launchers are really good. Those assault two weapons, mm -hmm. um, because they actually don't take the penalty to advancing with assault weapons, just like natively. Mm -hmm. um, and those weapons are strong. They're like AP two, D three damage or something. Mm -hmm. Yeah, uh, I agree though. I think Death Guard can definitely be be good on, on BIO. Which is just so funny because everything else is all about movement <laughs> and that's not... Yeah. Uh, yeah. Their resiliency outweighs their oh, yeah. navigational yeah. woes. Lots of um, T5. And then that... T5 and then a 5-up feel no pain. And right. Plus like having good just saves in general before yeah. that. So, yeah. Yeah, like that that Blightlord Terminator, like you can't kill it. Like it's impossible no. to kill it. <laughs> it's got yeah, two wounds, a four up in volume, uh toughness five, uh five up feel no pain, 
it's like once you get down to it it is just so hard to kill that thing mm-hmm. like the math never works out <laughs> against it no all right so we wanted to talk about uh sisters next yeah we have three sisters players and they're doing pretty good um i think one of them is officially into the round of 32 this is uh wolin he he beat janice uh and is and is winning that group so that's pretty impressive and then there's um other than that we have two others uh but they're running the lvo sub factions that sheldon made um two of which are taking our martyred lady which is one that i've really in the past week or two i've realized is is a kind of good actually I, I didn't really give it much credit before but basically if a model in your kill team is taken out of action for the remainder of the round you are plus one to hit um this goes through the fight phase and the shooting phase mm. so like when you think about it you could like bring a couple like melta guns for instance and like charge like or not charge but like move your melee guys up like really aggressively and then kind of dare your opponent to shoot and kill them so that they can have two plus one to hit Meltas pointed at them. Um, that's kind of terrifying. Uh, and then Ryan, you're familiar with our like Endurant engine. Yeah, no, I um, just for the entire time you've been talking, I've just been thinking about an Endurant that hits well, on twos. Oh man, it gets better. If you use oh, that Zealot gosh. tactic with our Martyred Lady active, you're getting D3 <laughs> extra hits on a five up and not a six up. Bruh. Oh yeah. Yeah. Bruh. <laughs> <laughs> and yes, they are hitting on threes, but but that's just yeah. I mean your repentia will hit on threes, that's really nice. Mm-hmm. Um your gunners, like a melta gun though, with a plus one, like you have like a sniper melta, and it like you're just erasing one of the penalties, like whether it's long range or whatever, or obscured. Um that's crazy to me. Yeah. And I don't know if that's what Wolin's doing, but but He's running our murdered lady. And I mean, he's got Gottfried and he's got, I'm pretty sure, Pius on there. Yuck. <laughs> yeah. It's, yeah. It's a that, that sounds team. like a great list. Yeah. Uh, so what's the, what's the other one? The Arjun Shroud. What does that do? Uh, that's, that's the one that I liked at first before I kind of realized this, this possibility with uh, murdered lady. Uh, Arjun Shroud is you, basically you ignore the penalty. Uh, when you advance, you can fire in the shooting phase as if you made a normal move. Oh, okay. Uh, which is pretty nice for the heavy flamers um, mm-hmm. and like heavy bolters and stuff and all the assault weapons anyway. It's it's pretty neat. Yeah. But it really, at the end of the day, Arjun Shroud's only going to help like two or three models on your team because um, you're going to have a lot of melee models and then maybe two gunners and then maybe your leader will have like a combi plasma or something. I, Usually, though, I think our murdered lady might actually be better. Uh, yeah, because when it goes off, it affects your entire kill team, yeah. not just one it, or two yeah. models. That's great. And when it doesn't go off, that means that a model on your team hasn't died this round, which is like you don't even need to worry about it. <laughs> yeah, it's like, oh, okay, cool. <laughs> All right. Any other thoughts on sisters? Um, they had a nice a nice balance between um not being too expensive um so you can get a decent number of bodies in there but still being effective 
um, still like ballistic skill three, so they're they're a little bit more sturdy than something like a Suryani with you know just because their saves are a little bit better. Yeah, the three up um, save is really nice for the for the sisters. Yeah, but they're still not too pricey. So. Yeah, mm -hmm. you clock in at that sweet spot of like nine to ten models pretty much every game. Nice. All right. Uh. So we talked about Death Guard. We talked about Sisters. Uh, let's talk about the Tau. Because there are actually more Tau in, the, in, this, uh, in this tournament than there are Asuryani players, if I'm reading well, this actually, list correctly. not anymore because Hazak dropped out. Ah, uh, okay. So we actually only have two Tau. Uzikal um, hasn't played any of his games, and Tone has, was eliminated. Uh, just barely. Hmm. I mean, this is Tau, and it is Arena, and like every single roster that I'm looking at has some type of really good melee ability, you know. So, not oh, really like that surprising Tau, to see mean, that. Yeah, yeah not, not that surprising <laughs> to see that the Tau are not doing that well. Well, I, I have faith that Utsukol can uh, can take the Tau to some success this tournament. Oh yeah, dude. Um, he had some success at BAO preps with Tau, so, and he's just a good player. So who knows? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Break out those uh, those shield drone Beyblades. <laughs> I know he's been running like a stealth suit too, with like a fusion gun. Yeah. That stealth suits. Like Melta. Stealth suits are good in combat. Yeah, they're not bad. I mean, they can live. They have a three up save and like two or three wounds. So. Mm -hmm. And they, you can use uh, saver protocols on them. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. that faction's not broken. Um, okay. <laughs> Let's talk about uh, demons now. Sure. Uh, we have two demon players. Uh, I'm not entirely familiar with what their rosters are, but I can pull it up right here. Um, okay, wow. <laughs> I'm looking at one of them. Uh, this is oh, Count no. Funkula. And okay. <laughs> he actually has, like, mostly demonettes. Oh, wow. That's surprising. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I mean, I, I've i obviously played demons a lot, and I am not a fan of demonettes, um, but it's certainly interesting. Um, <laughs> he has the uh, the demonette icon. He does have a bloodletter hornblower and a bloodletter icon bear, and then, like, a couple like Bloodletters and the Blood Reaper. But outside of that, it's Plagrid and Leader, uh, two Pink Horrors, and then the rest is just Demonettes. Uh, hmm. I would be interested in seeing that roster in action, if I'm yeah. being honest. I'm, I'm, I know that Demonettes have some good matchups where like the math is, is a bit better for them than Bloodletters. Um, so what is, uh, what is Demonettes' like, special ability? They can fight in the Hammer of Wrath phase, even if they didn't charge. Mm. Okay. Which is interesting. Uh, if yeah. they get like mass charged, then you're you're still alternating with them. Uh, the mm -hmm. problem is their weapons are they're they're all strength three, and um, their weapons are AP one. Unless they get a wound drill of six, then it's AP four. Wow. Okay. Then how much damage? Just one. Just one. Uh, okay. 
yeah. and comparing that to a blood letter who's strength four, potentially strength five with AP three and potentially two or three damage, it's pretty rough. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Surprising list for sure. Let's talk about uh Osir or uh, let's do Astra Militarum now. Uh two sub factions. Uh we have Tom Larachel, who's taking like Katachan, which is kind of what he's known for. Um, also got a lot of scions on that on that roster. Mm-hmm. And then uh, the other uh, military player brought Talarn, which is kind of the more shooty one, right? Yeah, Talarn. It's similar to uh, Metallica, where assault weapons you can still shoot, um, and you get, there's no penalty from it, and um, and then you can uh, shoot even if you advanced with rapid fire weapons. Interesting. So yeah, it's really good for things like uh, I would say flamers, but that they they auto hit anyway. Um, uh, yeah, uh, melta guns. Um, uh, yeah, that's literally it. Just melta guns. Yeah, I mean, I you get to take pot shots with the plasma after you. Yeah, advance. yeah. Plasma as well. Um, I think that the, the stronger sub-faction uh, would definitely be uh, Catachans, just because it buffs them all up to uh, being strength four. Um, and there's... Uh, I mean, uh, Tom LaRochelle, he uh, he went on Beerenid's podcast, um, and they did an interview there where he talked about his Catachan list. Um, of course, it includes Godfrit. Um, that is the core of any... Mm-hmm. Astro Militarum list is uh, Godfrit. So, yeah. Yeah, how do you feel about a strength four Godfrit, guys? <laughs> Yuck. Yuck. He should not be able to benefit from subfaction. <laughs> Godfrit is a crusader. He was not born on the death world of Katachan. All right. There's no reason why he should be strength four. <laughs> yeah. yeah, probably not. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, Astra Militarum on Arena, I I definitely think they're not at their strongest, but uh, the Catachan list that that uh, Tom has built, it's serious. It's serious contender. Um, it can stand up to pretty much any other melee oriented faction on Arena. Um, super cool. Yeah. Uh... I'm looking at his roster now. It's it's pretty neat. Um, I mean, he's got a lot of... He's got the option to take, like, the Scion, uh, whatever it's called, the... Tempester? The Scion. Yeah, yeah. I think he can take that. He has a lot of Scions on his team. Mm-hmm. Um, well, he also has that as one of his other sub-faction traits, so I don't know if he would consider running just Scions or... Um, if it's just included because there are scions on his on his roster that he kind of had to say yeah. that his well, Ryan, Katachan and Scions. Yeah. You're gonna have to play him in the groups. Yeah, um, I am. So what uh what what do you think he's gonna take against Astartes? Uh Godfrit and <laughs> um he he'd probably do Katachans. Just try to slug it out, I presume. Cause I mean like the Scions Scions have great shooting. They have great shooting. They're they're point costed pretty good, but on arena, uh, melee is for sure uh, big king. 
So <laughs> I, yeah. Also, it, another uh, fun fact, totally unrelated about his roster, but uh, oh, I found okay. out that I found out that Tom Larichelle is a is an actor, like a he does acting. <laughs> oh yeah, that's right. Yeah. He was in an episode of Modern Family. What? He was in Modern Family. Yeah, he was in an episode. You can go. To, he has an IMDb page. He's on Modern Family. He was on like Grey's Anatomy or something. What? And he has a That's bunch of crazy. shorts on YouTube that are that are kind of funny. And I think uh, other participant James Skinner, his friend, is is in them with him. Let's <laughs> go and move on to Ashiani now. Yes, Alex Renarik. Uh, <laughs> there's Alex Renarik and another guy, uh, not not an Asian. His name is. Uh, he's also not in the tournament anymore. Oh, rip. <laughs> that sounded a lot more harsh. Than yeah. No, no. <laughs> Jeez. He's a, I've talked to him. He's a nice guy. He's a nice guy. Um, <laughs> he just honestly, he had like some some terrible luck. He had like kind of a standard Austriani list with the Oathway. They both ran Oathway. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and uh, he just he just had some games where the, the, the dice weren't looking good for him and it went real south, but Alex has only played one game, and it was against Necrons, and he won. Holy crap! Oh, there you go. He can, so he can do That's it. That's awesome. Uh, he's, well, he doesn't I, want to I'm repeat looking, if next time. He has he's gotten his reps in since the last tournament. Yeah, his last sure. two tournaments where he's gotten knocked out by Necrons. Jeez. Um, I'm seeing if he's changed his roster. Uh, there are a couple changes. Um, Ooh. This time he made the Wraith Guard a heavy. Okay. Uh, well, he has the option for a heavy Wraith Guard. And he also has a single <laughs> Ranger on the roster now. No. <laughs> he does. Why? Just a Ranger. Not what a specialist. Meme. I, I would love to see him bring a Ranger. I <laughs> I don't have yeah. the I don't have the book in front of me, and like Rangers have kind of been like a joke for the longest time. Do they have yeah, any sort of like infiltrate uh, like infiltratability? Yeah, because that's the only thing I could think of for why he would bring that. I don't Just think to... they do. They basically have like camo cloaks, I think, but yeah. that's about it. Uh, they have a sniper rifle. Okay. Yeah, they have. Yeah, they have the camo cloak, uh, but that's it. <laughs> um alex we gotta talk ranger ranger long rifle no that's not a, i mean so you're almost you're gonna be in cover a ton in in arena um so getting the extra negative one um but since it's not as shooty a format i don't i haven't seen as many auspexes as around so that's something i've noticed just like by having lictors is that you're often in cover or can be if you want to be and there's nothing that's going to negate that so having an extra negative one um you know but again that's assuming that like you care about people shooting at you anyway um so i'm sure there i think alex alex is going to listen to us talk about this and he's going to laugh his ass off because i guarantee <laughs> well, yeah. it's a total joke <laughs> oh yeah probably never gonna run it maybe oh, i'm yeah. wrong i would love to be wrong but there's no way Nice meme, Alex. Either way. Um, yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, Ranger Long Rifle, that's what it has. 36-inch yeah. heavy one. Strength 4, 0 AP, 1 damage. And that's um, like on a D6. It, it's it a sniper rifle. Wound. Yeah, D, it's just a, the Space Marine Scout sniper, sniper rifle. rifle. Yeah, yeah. So, but it's not like a demo spec or anything? No. You can, no. I don't even think you can make it a demo spec for Austria. Yeah. For okay. yeah. Like I said, nice meme. <laughs> 
Uh, <laughs> I'm really curious now. Uh, yeah, I'm really disappointed. There's no Wraith Blade. He dropped the Wraith Blade, and I think it actually would have been good this time around. Yeah, me too. I, I like the Wraith Blade. On yeah, it would alert. It would it would work a lot better than a Ranger. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, all right. I think we've said enough about Astriani, right? Is there anything yeah. else to say? They're they're gonna be good. Yeah, everyone's sick of them. Uh, let's talk about Death Watch. Uh, yeah, sure. Um, there's two Death Watch players, right? Yep. Uh, let me take a look at how they're doing. Uh, so I watched Punished Snom. Um, he played against Alec Berryman on stream. Oh, okay. And, you know, Alec won, but that was a really close game. Like, I thought Alec was going to lose until, like, the last like until they were scoring round four. Oh wow okay yeah uh and the guy still has two other games so we could see that that chaos three-way tiebreaker scenario um oh, man. in group nine <laughs> uh and then the other guy uh whopper he's in group 12 he's only played one game and he lost to gray knights so that doesn't tell me much because you can't beat gray knights with death watch yeah you just can't. <laughs> nope, it's impossible. There's um, no way. No, <laughs> there's. I tried it. It's. It's just not possible. Um. So what does uh what do their rosters sort of look like? It's pretty standard. Uh, I mean, um. So I'm looking at whoppers right now, and you have frag cannons. You have storm shields. Um. You know that's kind of their thing. I'm yeah. looking at. Let's see. Anything with Vanguard? Okay, so it does. I do see a jump pack in there, um, an intercessor with Auspex and Stalker bolt rifle. Oh no! Um, which one's that again? Is that the, the Stalker AP? bolt rifle? Is that yeah? It's the minus two AP, but it's heavy one, still strength four, still one damage, and. The custom ammo options that you have for it, it's like, yeah, I guess I think you could probably, you can Wound definitely get to, to yeah. you can definitely get up to strength or not strength, sorry, like AP minus three. Actually, I'm not but, even sure about that because I think there's a maximum at which the custom ammo yeah. can increase it's, that AP. But it's, it, a max, one, it's a max of minus three, yeah. But I think yeah. there's one wound on two up, right? So wounding on two. AP minus two, it's so it's it's twenty points. And that's yeah, but you can wound on two at wow. minus one with a rapid fire weapon. Yeah, you know it's like there there's never a good reason to take the stalker bolt rifle over the regular bolt rifle or even the auto bolt rifle. I think is uh, is pretty decent with the custom issue ammunition that Death Watch get. That's just that's just my take. I used to play Death Watch for a while. Uh, <laughs> God, that poor faction. Um, um, well, uh, I'm looking at Punished roster. He didn't take this against Alec, but he's got a couple of the Death Watch shotguns. I think those weapons are sick, potentially Ooh, on yeah. Arena. Uh -huh. uh, especially because it's only a 15-point model on a veteran with the Death Watch shotgun. I mean, with the special issue ammunition, that could get kind of nasty. Mm -hmm. And they've got a couple profiles, right, on the Death Watch shotgun? Yeah, they got like three different profiles, one of which I think is auto-hitting. What? Yeah, I think they got I like a yeah they got like a hellfire round or something. We were talking about bad. it a couple months ago. We were talking about the uh, those shotguns. 
Yeah, I like uh, those shotguns. I know one of them can do like two damage. Yeah, so it's um, crit, crit clear round, 16 inches, assault two, strength four, zero, P one damage. You can reroll failed wounds. Uh, next one, 16 inches, assault two, strength four, AP minus one, one damage. Uh, within half range, it's a damage two. So that's eight inches, two shots. Hey, that's four, better than the stalker yeah. bolt rifle. Yeah, it's, that's pretty good. Um, and then the one is seven inches, assault D6, um, strength three auto hit. Oh, you were right. So, I didn't know yeah. about that one. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, that's there's a lot of versatility in that weapon for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I think what's cool about it is it's like 15 points. I mean, that's pretty cheap for Death Watch. Yeah. Yeah. It's I literally think it's probably the cheapest. Cheap yeah. yeah. Uh, well, it's only you, one point more than a it's, bolt. Gun. Yeah. It's one point more than just a guy with a bolt gun. Yeah. And you're getting so much more like versatility. Yeah. That's yeah. good. And on Arena, like the 24 inch range isn't, it's not really needed, you know? Oh, yeah. In most engagements that you're going to be in. Yeah, you can get within nine or eight easy on arena. Yeah. Uh, let's take a look at the Gene Stealer cult rosters. Oh wait. <laughs> oh, there are none. Uh, it's weird. <laughs> Heretic Astartes. <laughs> um, so Heretic Astartes are six and zero oh in this tournament. They are. Yeah. There, there are two two players, and both of them went three and zero oh in the group. Hey, I just want to say we talked about this. Yeah. Um, Heretic Astartes are really scary. Uh, both Renegade chapters. Um, so re-rolling charges for the non-cultist models. Um, but I think it's interesting that the two heretic players are kind of still playing quite differently from each other, like playstyle-wise, considering that they're running the same faction and the same sub-faction. Uh, Matt Howell is taking the basically like um, like a cultist spam almost. Uh, where he just has like a ton of cultists and a few berserkers, uh, and maybe he'll have like a gunner on there. Um, and then Micromancer, who is again also three and zero, he has a lot less cultists. He's got more berserkers, um, and I mean clearly both are working. Uh, yeah. Is is there one that you guys think would be better? Um, I would say the one that's more berserkers than cultists. Mm-hmm. I I think I'd agree too. Sean, yeah, what do you think? Just, it's just it's just so easy to give up multiple points by losing one model in this format. So you know, anytime you kind of have a weak spammy guy, it's it can be a liability. Um, so. I would, I would think Berserkers, but it's clearly what you're more comfortable with. I'm, I mean, I'm, they're both 6-0. and oh. They're having like a ton of success, so I mean, I can't knock either style um, that much, but I, I think personally, I, I do prefer the, the less cultists. <laughs> but actually, a fun fact, Matt, if this was, if we were like counting points across the whole tournament, Matt has the most points he has 21 points, 21 points, and 20 across his three games. Jeez. That's 62. Uh, yeah, just like last tournament, man. Yeah, I think the second is like Birinid and myself have 58. But 
I can't. I mean, almost maxing all three games. That's kind of crazy. Where's the extra point, Matt? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What happened? Tighten up. Yeah. What happened? <laughs> You know, Matt's beating himself was, up. That was his, close, that was his closest then. game. It was, was it 20 to 12? Oh, I thought it was like 20 to 14. Okay, it wasn't that close. I think we kind of skipped over these guys. Harlequins? Oh, yeah. Haven't really gotten to see CB. I watched Fish in a Bucket play against Ray, and he was the unfortunate soul that lost more than half his clowns to Mortal Wounds. Right. Um, in fact, I think as we're recording this, I think Fish is, is playing against... Uh, one of his opponents in, in, in group right now. Uh-huh. Yeah, ARH. Yeah. yeah. Um, both of these sub, both of these Harlequin players are running a roster that is co- a combination of Midnight Sorrow and Frozen Stars. Mm-hmm. And I can't remember what those are. Midnight Sorrow is models in your kill team can move an additional D6 inches when they fall back. In addition, they can consolidate up to 6 inches. So that's probably the the yeah, part the, of that one. The, yeah, the last half. Yeah. Frozen Stars is you can make an additional attack in the fight phase with a model in your kill team if it charged, was charged, or made a pile and move, etc. Okay. Yeah, both those sub-factions sound really good. Um, they've only got one type of model they can bring, so you said that there were nine models? On Something the, like that. On the roster um, that, yeah. It, it might have been nine, it might have been eight, I'm not sure. But yeah. it's a pretty decent number. Uh, they're pretty killy in close combat, um, even with their four up uh, in bones in close combat, though. it's uh, They all still only have one wound, so there's a lot of ways. There's so many different ways to kill them. You know, it's. Um, yeah. I don't I don't see this faction being able to go the distance, but I, I think they'll finish middling. Yeah. I mean, this is definitely, like, one of the best formats for them. Yeah, for sure. All right. Um, let's see. We have Tyranids. Yeah, I think Tyranids is the last one. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I'll talk about mine when we talk about our... When I talk about my matches. Um, yeah. So we have another player who's playing Behemoth, which is one I considered. That's where you can re-roll charges. Um, bunch of gene stealers, uh, and then lots of a collection of big bugs, um, including a hive guard. Ooh, oh yeah, my! Just for you, Shane. Uh, <laughs> some warriors. No, I too. love that. Yeah, and then uh, like seven gaunts, a couple raffiners. So a little bit of everything. Cool. cool. Uh, yeah. So. Oh, he's got tyrant guard too. I'm looking at it. Uh, um, although the oh, tyrant yeah, guard yeah. doesn't have the the crushing fist or whatever, the crushing yeah, claw, whatever expensive. it's called, that makes like I love 30s, that item. Uh, it makes pretty expensive. It becomes thirty nine points, I think. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know if he's taken those two big bugs, but those two guys, the guards. But yeah, I did. I, I did toy around with with the hive guard for a second because. Just the idea of sitting in the back of the map and shooting at things you can't see um, was kind of funny. But here, oh, and, and he's a sniper too, so that's pretty sweet. You can do blind shots looking for sixes and re-rolling your ones. Um, and I think it's two shots. So roll two dice, fishing for a six, re-rolling your ones. Pretty um, sick. 
Yeah, also, if you're not, if you can actually see your target, then you can. It's a really strong shooting weapon. It, it, it really is. And like one of the maps, <laughs> um, I can't remember the name, but one of the two maps that we play here, like has two long lanes right up the side of the map. So, yeah. Um, so yeah, you can get shots right off the bat there. Uh, yeah, and then there's one Grey Knight player. Coincidentally, that's the only faction that only has one player. Mm-hmm. And that guy is currently 2-0 and in his group, mm-hmm. although he still has to play Udzikal. I mean, what, else, what is there to say about it? I, I'll take a look at his roster. I can't imagine that there's that much It's just all paladins. Stuff. It's just all paladins. <laughs> it's, the dreaded, yeah. it's the dreaded custodes disguised as paladins yeah. list. Uh, he does have a Paragon and a Terminator Justicar. Um, and he's got a couple of Paladin Gunners and a couple Terminator Gunners. But other than that, it's pretty standard. So he actually he has the option to do it. Yeah. I don't know if he has or if he plans Scary. to. But Gary. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, I'm trying to think if there's anything else we should touch on. Um, yeah. yeah. I mean, they're... They're they're solid in all three phases. They get six models, um, you know, which is definitely enough to um, reliably hold one, take a shot at holding more, or at least stopping them from holding more. Um, yeah, they since they're good in all three fighting phases or attacking phases, that that also means that they can be flexible to what the opponent does. Um, they can just sit back and play the range game if that suits them, or they're like really solid in in the fight phase, and their melee weapons um, pretty much all do D three damage or just a flat three damage. So um, with was it obliterate? Is that the name of that secondary? Right. Um, that's that's a pretty solid choice for them. Yeah, I mean bounty hunters too. That's just mm-hmm. fantastic. Yeah. I mean, I can you can like max bounty hunters turn two. <laughs> Uh, pretty consistently sometimes in, in some matchups. Okay, right, cool. So, so um, I think we're we're gonna take a break here, and um, when we come back, we will talk about your guys's uh, your guys's run so far in the Bay Area tournament simulation. So we are back, and uh, Sean and Shane they're going to take us through uh, their runs at the Bay Area tournament simulation. Uh, Shane, do we want to start off with you? Sure. All right. Why not? Uh, so I'm running, uh, I'm one of the several Adeptus Astartes players. And I have the uh, the Black Templar Blood Angels list. Mm-hmm. Uh, I finished my group pretty early on. I think I finished it by like Tuesday. I just wanted to get my games out of the way and forget about it. Mm-hmm. Uh and I went three and zero, so I, I did finish first seed in my group, which is really nice. Um, the first game that I had to play was against uh, Tim and his Thousand Sons, and truthfully, just based on matchup alone, this was the matchup that I was like most worried for. Uh, yeah, I was kind of scared of the Psychers, and I didn't really know what to do with like my Blood Angels or. Black Templars straight up that would actually be able to to beat it. So I ended up taking a uh, a mutt list with um, four grav guns from my Black Templars list, 
uh, a Primaris or two for my Blood Angels, I think it was, and uh, my leader with the, my Black Templar leader, and then just one of my Storm Shield guys. And uh, I basically just said, okay, I don't really need a sub-faction. Both of my sub-factions are pretty good for melee, which I'm not that interested in getting into melee anyway. Yeah. And we ended up getting the, the map, I think it's Mission 2 Generatorium, where all the objectives are, like, in the middle. And we start out, like, looking at each other. Is that the one with, like, uh, four hallways, basically? Yeah, kind of, yeah. Yeah. Um, like, there's the two hallways in the middle, but you can also deploy in front of, like, the sides. Right, um, right. And uh, to my surprise, uh, Tim had... So Tim had a veteran Warp Flamer, and I thought he was going to you know, that move and then ready up, kind of like something that you did to me once, Sean. Mm -hmm. I was expecting that, like the ready to flamer, in like a good position. But what he did actually was he vet moved and then charged his warp flamer in to tie up two of my grav guns and one of my primaris. And huh. I was like, that majorly took me off guard. Like I kind of get what he was going for because my whole plan was to use my grav guns to snipe his sorcerer's turn one. Right. And uh, so on the Overwatch, I remember I got like three hits through and oh, I failed geez. to wound on all of them oh, um, on man. Overwatch. And I was thinking the whole game, like if I lose those those wound rolls are going to they're I'm going to have nightmares about them. And these were with grav guns that you failed to wound with. Yeah. So I was wounding. Oh, on my threes, gosh. And uh, any wound would have been a five up save D3 damage. Uh, so pretty good odds that I would have gotten the kill if I just past any of those wound rolls um, yeah. i failed them all and he ended up tying up the uh the grav guns uh and my one of my reaver who is one of my two like cybolt soakers basically yeah um and fortunately two of my grav guns were able to to avoid that and they didn't get charged so i set up my other primaris in front of the other hallway and i just kept everybody in the middle and i ignored the side hallways uh and then i had my my storm shield guy charged the counter charge, the flamer that charged in. Uh, and basically what ended up happening was um, my storm shield made pretty quick work of the work flamer. Uh, and I was able to snipe one of his, his aspiring sorcerer out with one of my grab guns turn one. Mm -hmm. um, but even after that, it was a really close game and it literally came down to like end of turn four. I had to honor the chapter to get another attack through so that oh, I could find it. It was literally, I got me obliteration, it got me a bounty, and it got me kill more. And it just swung the points, and I won the game. Uh, well, I'm glad Honor the Chapter worked out for somebody. Um. <laughs> it was like an end-of-the-game scenario where I was like, I had no, like, there's no reason not to. Like, I don't need Death Denial right. to get attacked. Right, right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then my second game, uh, Sean, you actually streamed this one to our channel. It was against Meat Gazer. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was in a Stardes versus Stardes matchup. Uh, he ran. This was actually like one of the funniest musters I've probably ever seen, like from both sides. Um, he, uh, I, I, my plan was to bring the Black Templars, um, and swap out a Storm Shield for a Grav Gun, so that I had 113 points. Uh, I was expecting him to bring Salamanders, which I knew his Salamanders last on his roster was 125. Um, and I was going to start with three command points, which is really nice for a starters. And I wasn't even dropping a model from what I was going to bring anyway. Um, 
But what instead happened was he took Space Wolves and he took 100 points worth. So, in fact, I started with 2CP and he went up a point. Uh, but what ended, I mean, he, he had five Space Wolf models um, and he didn't have any Storm Shields. So my Templars were able to, and my Templars have a lot of Storm Shields. So they were able to get in and, and pretty much um, just mop punch him to death. Yeah, yeah. Mop his yeah. team up pretty quick. Uh, and that game, I think I ended up winning that 21 to 6. I think that was like the the least close game that I played. Uh, and then my last game was against uh, Yep F and his Death, Wa- uh, Death Guard, rather, uh, Poxwalker Spam, um, which I kind of mentioned earlier. It was just super weird. Uh, he almost, I mean, uh, it didn't feel that close, but he ended up getting 18 points to my 21. So Man. it was actually pretty close. I mean, I was killing yeah. so many Poxwalkers, but I could never hold more um, until like the last round, I think. Uh, and it was just, I really had to fight for like every piece. Um, and for a while, I think I got tied up by one of his, uh, like his flail or something, his flail of corruption. Um, right. And God, those things, especially against Imperium, every six on a hit roll is another D3 attacks. Um, so like even, even with a storm shield, like what, it doesn't even matter. It doesn't matter at that point. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah that weapon is brutal. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, I, I did go three now, and it's uh, it's been a fun time watching everybody else play. Having some awesome. good success so far. Yeah. All right, Sean, do you want to mm-hmm. take us down memory lane? Yeah. So my first game was uh, against uh, Woodsu one with uh, Custodes, and I played Tyranids. So um, actually, a little bit about my roster first. Everything I do, I steal from Bernard. So uh, I started <laughs> off with the base of Big Bugs that he uh, took the LVO. For two Lictors and five Raveners are exactly 125 points. So that's uh, seven models uh, with three or four wounds each, um, all hitting on threes, wounding, or strength four, and they have three or four attacks each. Well, so those are the Raveners. Uh, the Lictors hitting on twos, Strength six, so some pretty nasty stuff that helps way through a lot of common things like mortal wounds. Um, you don't need to worry about as much side uh, bolts. Um, I thought they'd be pretty resistant to flamers too. So that makes up about half the list. Um, there's also the option for rending claws on the raveners, um, with for against uh, marine equivalents. So that list would be two lictors, four raveners with claws, and then. Since the claws cost a point, you lose a Ravener, and instead it becomes an Acid Mod Gene Stealer. Um, so again, for seven models. Um, and then the other part of the list is uh, eight Gene Stealers and uh, one Hormigan. Uh, Hormigon. Uh, just four points, just as an extra body to sit back on a uh, on an objective or work a terminal or hold the door or something like that. Um, and it seemed like with some of my list combinations, I just ended up with four random points, so got an extra body out of it. So kind of the the newish thing with this list is that all the gene stealers have toxin sacks. So if you roll a six to wound, it does two damage instead of one. Mm. And my sub faction was Gorgon, so you re-roll ones in the fight phase. 
uh, Gene Steelers hitting on three, strength four, and they have three attack space. So Raveners and Gene Steelers all have three attacks with good weapon skill. Um, I'm sorry, Gene Steelers have three, Lictors have three, good, good weapon skill. Raveners have four attacks or five attacks if they have two pairs of Scythic Talents. Good weapon skill. And then you're re-rolling ones to, to hit. If you're using Scything Talons, you're re-rolling ones to wound in the fight phase. So lots of attacks, lots of re-rolls. I knew there was potential for it to actually be good. And if it wasn't going to be good, at least it would be funny. Um, <laughs> so my group was made up of uh, Astartes, Custodes, and uh, Thousand Sons. So I actually ended up didn't getting to, to bring the Jeed Steelers at all. Um, because I just needed to have lots of wounds and the the gene stills would be a little bit of a liability so um that and the raveners they're just so fast they have a 12 inch normal move so and the fact that you can only open a door after a normal move made a big deal so i could deploy in a way that um on my first move i can go 12 inches and shut a door on somebody's face or open a door if they were trying to protect themselves and then charge in behind. So they're just crazy fast. And I have multiple of them in each list. Um, so one thing missing from the roster is definitely a veteran uh, Ravener, because that way you could do a vet move of 12 and like lock a door on somebody on turn zero um, in, in most cases, which is just kind of dumb. So it's like having a, a jump pack for way fewer points, uh, yeah. just 15 points for Ravner. So. so anyway, so against Custodes, my game plan was just to not fight him, which felt really bad because I was supposed to be a fighting team. Um, and so I took Data Recovery and Engineer, and I just stacked a whole bunch of bodies in front of a door um, because the do we were on a long deployment where um, there was a door... Like, there was my deployment zone, and then an objective, and then a door. So I ran up and closed the door and put a Lictor behind it, and then a Ravener, and then my Engineer. So even if he were to make his way through the door, he would have to kill his way through some big bodies before being able to actually take out my Engineer. So I did uh, max data recovery and Engineer in that game. Um, I also took the perimeter to get the three corners, thinking that um, I get my two deployment zone corners, and he only has three models, so there's a decent chance I could get to a third corner. Um, I did not at all, um, but it ended up being okay because he sent two guys up the side to try to fight through the door, and a lictor held the door shut on two custodies for the entire game. Um, <laughs> so if he actually got it open, I was just able to shut it again just based on when initiative was and having control of the terminal. It allowed me to uh, to shut the door after we open it, or just hold it shut. Um, on the other side of the board, um, I got greedy and tried to shut the door on that side of the board, and then go hold that corner for perimeter. And instead, he got through and killed that dude for like six points. Um, so, so I ended up winning fourteen to ten. Um, so, definitely made me respect Casodes even more in terms of how many points they can get off of one combat. Um, mm -hmm. But it also definitely highlighted the the danger of running Custodes in Arena in that doors are a thing. And, yeah. Um, yeah, you just get locked out. Um, and then uh, against Astartes, 
I took uh, some, it was probably Headhunters and Relic Hunters or whatever it's called in this packet. Um, just knowing that I went to be in melee. And um, again, based on the deployment, we were in the opposite corners on the map with the open center. So because of my speed, I knew I could get to the center before he could. And with multiple bodies, and I figured I could kind of box him out of the center. So I took um, Domination, which I did score two points off of, three points. I did end up... Um, so turn one, I had decent board control. Uh, I do wish I'd moved up a little bit closer because I left a hole for him to kind of walk his way and shoot his way up into the center of the board um, and get guys closer than, than I wish I had. Um, that was a really close game. I, I won, I think, 15 to 12. Um, and uh, so, so that one was really close, too. Um, that was against the Starties. Um, he had a grab cannon, grab amp, a heavy bolter scout um, with a comm specialist in there too to help those two guys out. So yeah, that was that was a tight one too. And then uh, the last game was this morning against Ash and her Thousand Sons. And at first, I I was like, okay, I think I have a good matchup here because I have tons of three and four wound bodies to soak up cybolts, and then. Uh, the Gene Steelers have a super exploding sixes with negative uh, four AP and two damage. So, and if she decides to bring multiple Zangors, I think I have really good matchups matchups against them. And I'll, you know, I can get my my relic tokens and my kill more off of them. So that's fine. They're not that fast, and I'm really fast. Uh, I was definitely worried about the ranged weapons because Thousand Suns have a lot of AP minus two. And she had three warp flamers on her list. Um, such, uh, it's a flamer with AP minus two. So I got really nervous about those. Um, but then I saw how they're actually really bad in melee. So like, all right, so I'll just I'll charge in, I'll weather the Overwatch, and then she's stuck in combat, and I'll just pile in and consolidate my way down the line, and she won't be able to Overwatch anymore. Well, I do a veteran move with my Lictor. And then um, she does a decisive move to actually put a warp flamer right in the middle of the board. I think she just didn't want me pinning her by closing a door in front of her and locking her into her deployment zone. Um, so I was like, okay, whatever, I'm going to charge this warp flamer. Uh, so D6, auto-hitting shots, she rolls a 6. <laughs> like, okay, I kind of knew this was going to happen. Figure strength 4, toughness 4, she's going to wound me with 3. She rolls 5 successful wounds. <laughs> Um, AP minus two. So my Lictor, which has four wounds base, is already at the injury roll on the turn one first charge. Um, so she gets a flesh wound there. Um, that model had the icon of flame. So in the psychic phase, she had to roll a six to deal me a mortal wound. She got the six oh. um, and took me out of action. So it was just like the first three things that happened were just like terrible dice that got me. Um, after that, I definitely went on tilt and I left some, uh, some Raveners sitting out in places where she was able to kind of eat them up with, with, um, with guns and, uh, she pretty thoroughly picked me apart from there. So I think I ended 21 to nine she had a really good idea of how to 
kind of not expose herself to to too much in terms of where her weak spots would be and um, how to put herself in positions to take advantage of wherever I ended up going. So, um, so yeah, so that, that Lictor dying was big because it denied me the kill. But also, since I died in the psychic phase, it now that Warp Flamer was able to shoot again in the shooting phase and put a flesh or put a, another Ravener down to the uh, to a flesh wound. So it was that was pretty rough. So I I was pretty I was probably too confident going into that one. I mean, I don't know what I really would have done differently. You can't plan on taking five wounds on your Lictor in the first turn charge, no. over, you know. Um, so so it is what it is. Um, I, you know, was really excited to run the Gene Steelers, and it just didn't feel appropriate for any of those three games. I can um, kind of empathize with that because I wanted to run my Blood Angels. I was really excited for that, but I haven't really gotten the chance to at all. <laughs> yeah, so it's funny. I mean, there's just there's such a variety of things you can face in this game. <laughs> so, so you got to kind of plan against all of them, and then just like the matchups, just the luck of the draw, and who you get paired up against is is really interesting. So. Um, so yeah, so then that group ended, I was two and one and so was Ash and so was Woodzu. <laughs> and, um, I was very grateful, grateful that, uh, Woodzu and Funky Ooze played just, a a couple hours after I lost this morning because I was so nervous about the tiebreakers <laughs> up until that point. <laughs> and I was like, they weren't streaming their whole game. Um, and I was just, wasn't able to watch. So, um, I was like refreshing to see if they were they were showing the score, uh, and I was so relieved that um, I I ended up sneaking into the top thirty-two by just two tiebreaker points. So, jeez, uh, yeah, so just just crazy. Uh, yeah, I mean, it was like he needed fifteen points and he won with twelve, right? Yeah. Oh my goodness! I mean, that's custodies I mean, though. It's hard to like get a lot of points with that. Yeah, action. I feel like you're either going to get a ton or like not. It's so tough because if if they block you out, you know, appropriately, like how are you supposed to score points? So you have no great way to to play that the game with the doors unless you blow them up, um, which honestly I forgot about in our game that that was a thing. Um, but so did he, it seemed, because um, the first turn or two he didn't try to blow up the door. You know, he could have just been conserving CP, but um, yeah, it was... It was a it was a tense couple hours for me, but <laughs> now I'm moving on, and now we start fresh with a fresh. Yeah. Act, so yeah. Well, uh, congratulations to uh, both you guys. I uh, thank you all for tuning in out there, and uh, we hope to uh, talk to you all soon. If you enjoyed listening to this episode, hit that subscribe button and leave us a rating. As always, thank you for listening, and we'll see you soon on another episode of the Command Point Podcast.